Well, good morning. Delighted to be joined up here by part of our team. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, team, so much. Uh, Rob is suffering for Jesus in Cancun. It's really tough, I'm sure. It's really, really a tough call, but it's his first vacation since he got here, so they're there, and what an amazing team. Can we have a hand for our incredible worship leaders that sacrifice and serve so much, and Corey back there and the team up in the booth. Uh, so welcome. This is a little different. If you haven't been with us, what's happening is we are explaining and discussing and figuring out together uh, our vision for the future, the 2020 vision, which we've unveiled a, a few weeks ago, uh, and it's in writing, uh, so you can hold it in your hands and read about it. And instead of just hearing me talk and drone on and on and on, I thought, why don't you get a sense of what it's like at church Monday through Friday with our incredible core staff and our team that's been excited about this and passionate about it and talking about it. So this isn't a panel discussion, right, team? We're going to just pretend that there's no one here. It's just us, right? This is what we do, right? Uh, just to have a little bit of insight from last week and now this week to give you a sense of what God's done in our hearts to lead us to this point and our leadership and our elders to come to the point where we're saying, you know, really the theme is we are family. So, hi, Green. Hey, it's so you? natural it to start this, this way. Not awkward at all. I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. This is awkward. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, you've been. By Pete's well, decree. Now, no, now it's you just not. Made it awkward. It's just the microphone. That's all. Is it the mic? Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long have you been working with our preschool? 14 years now. 14 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> And um, the big changes happened in uh, last spring. Yeah, yeah. So tell, just fill us in what's been going on. So our beloved Sue retired, which, you know, we let her. We didn't get a net and keep her. But so she retired, and I stepped into full-time directing. Because you were co-directing yeah, for, for, for a few four years. years yeah. For four years, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the wonderful Amber Swanson stepped in as assistant director. And then since we both left our classrooms... After teaching for a really long time, that was kind of hard. But That was kind of hard. There was weeping and gnashing yeah, of teeth when you stepped out yeah. of the classroom. <laughs> Parents were really upset. That's true. But, That's true. but you became like the master teacher to oversee all the things that are happening, right? Well, Amber and I. Okay, just me. Guess. Okay, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> she's sitting out there. Where is she? Uh, she's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so us leaving our classrooms, it opened up room for movement with staff. So we had some teachers that wanted to step up into teaching fours. So we ended up having to hire four new teachers. Wow. Which was, everyone kept asking us, oh my gosh, are you really nervous about this? And it's like, no, we're trusting. We're trusting in the Lord. He's going to lead us. He's going to set our path straight. You two are the most positive. Straight. You're so positive and encouraging. I think oftentimes preschool, I could see teachers or leaders being a little stressed out. You, you just seem to be unflappable. Like, nope, oh, we're going to do this. We need more room. Okay, let's, you made, how did you create more room, more well, space? Well, that's why that verse, Proverbs 3, uh, trust in the Lord. He's going to guide your path. Just yeah. submit, submit, yeah. submit. Because we relocated a teacher workroom, and if any of you were in there ever to see it, it's kind of embarrassingly messy because we have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of good stuff. So we spent mm, a good couple of months just relocating stuff and organizing stuff and children's ministry helped us out hugely um so it turned into a classroom it's a lovely little classroom now with a brand new threes class three day threes so how many how many students do we have now enrolled 167 167 kids it's uh -huh. a lot of children a lot of kids and one, one of the things i love about the model that that we have at our preschool is that there's that co-op sense of their parents coming 
It's amazing. In and out of the classroom. David, you, you're the chaplain for the preschool. What's it like for you every, every day? You open the doors for the kids and families coming in? It's a funny thing. You can get to work and not be in the best mood, but you can't help no. but be in a good mood after you stand at the door smiling, welcoming families in. They're just so fun. So I mean, excited. the families are so wonderful. The kids are so excited. Um, and so by the time I'm done greeting families, you know, I try and get out there several times throughout the week. I'm feeling good. You know, the, the kids are happy most of the time. You know, they're, they're ready for the day. Um, yeah, it's just such a blessing. Such a blessing. And so part of the vision is not only the preschool is growing, mm -hmm. and, and there are things that we just couldn't anticipate with Sue's departure, but then with you and Amber stepping up. But now part of what we're saying is uh, in the future adding um, half-day kindergarten. Is, could be one aspect of it. You want to speak to that a little bit? Well, that's something that has been our, our radar, excuse me, yeah. <clears throat> for several years, actually. But what we're looking at now is um, full-day kindergarten isn't for everyone. It isn't for all families, yeah. for whatever reason. We have a phenomenal school oh, district. Oh, yeah, we do. It's People amazing. People come here from all over to go to yeah. school. Yeah. But not every, and kindergarten is fantastic, mm -hmm. all day, but not for every family. No. So what we're looking yeah. at, our goal is is to provide two half-day, so okay. an AMPM half-day kindergarten, um, not only for the shortened hours, but the Christian aspect of it mm. is parents want that. I wanted that for my kids back in the day. Mm. Um, so if we can provide that, I just, we have faith that the Lord will fill it up. How does it, I was surprised to learn, pleasantly surprised, that because we have a very diverse parent population coming in. I don't recognize a lot of them. Then I learned, I learned last year about half of our parents aren't, aren't Christian. They don't go to church. So why are they, why would you intentionally sign your child up for Christian preschool if, if you're not a, a believer? Well, and I know this just from 14 years of being in the classroom with parents is that they want for their children what maybe they didn't have, mm -hmm. what they're searching, they're, they're, they're searching themselves. So this is like dipping a toe in. They know that their kids are going to get this Christian education and loved on and prayed over and all of that. And I think it's just like a, it's an easier way of doing it, perhaps, is becoming involved that way with your child. Yeah. And, and what were you going to say about that? I was that just going to say, I think the other part of it is the fact that you guys do a wonderful job. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're getting a great education. So yeah. don't downplay that. The families that are coming are getting... A really phenomenal you know, I'll education on, for I'll the kids. I'll brag on so. our teachers all day long. <laughs> all day long. Do we have all Do day? Do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> they are amazing. And, and we had to hire four new teachers. God just placed amazing women with us who, um, oh, I'm going to cry. We talked about that before. It's just been so beautiful. Just wonderful. God is so good. It seems like just in the first few weeks, the whole team feels really strong together, mm -hmm. but then also the overall staff, everyone interacting. Like, Sarah, your door is always open uh, with, with you and Sean and Cammie, and there's just this synergy that I see happening. Everyone working together, encouraging one another. We're not isolated from each other. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. So part of it is, is expanding and seeing half-day kindergarten as a need, mm -hmm. and it's a premium to be able to do that. We want to provide for that. There's also a tremendous need for before and after school care. What's that all about? <laughs> I was a latchkey kid, so I don't know. I took a public school bus. I mean, a public bus, Oakland Public Transit. Well, we started got home, had a key around my neck, and watched TV all day. So that's what I did. <laughs> What'd you watch? Um, uh, so we started talking MTV, every... MTV? What else did kids... Fifth graders, everybody watches MTV, right? 
We yeah. started talking at retreat last year about before and after school care, and we're, you know, look where we're located. We're plopped right in the middle of two elementary schools now. So last spring, amongst all of the change, <laughs> Amber and I started looking into investigating what it would look like to create such a program. We have a very wonderful man over at Real Life Church who runs their before and after school program, which is quite a large one. So we visited with him, and then he came out this last week here and looked around our facility and said it was a great one. So, th but th there's a lot involved to do it, but our goal is um, September 2020. So September 20, so we would open to register in February, March, we'd have banners, or like when do, we have to figure this out pretty fast. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Um, we do, but it's, it's, we've got to meet this week, guys, because we have, we got <laughs> we to get started on I, it. I had a parent come to me, a parent who's also a teacher, and she said, you know, there's need for Monday through Friday, but especially Friday oh, for, for early, early release. release. So you could almost have Monday through Friday and then just even separate for Friday because mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. Early, how early are kids getting out? What time do you guys get out of school? I don't know. What time do kids get out? Wow, that's early. That's a lot of, lot of time. <laughs> so, David, you, you were talking about this a little bit uh, last time about the Acts 1-8 concept. Uh, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Just well, our, our Jerusalem. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we've talked about this for, for several years now, probably. The idea that where we're located, the two schools that are around us really are our Jerusalem. You know, Maple Valley is our Judea, and we want to go to the ends of the earth, but the schools right next to us are our Jerusalem. We want to really invest in a very intentional, very strategic sort of way here. Um, because there are so many families. There are families all week long that are driving past our facility. There are 167 kids that come in throughout the week into the preschool. And so how can we be very intentional, very strategic about investing, particularly in these families, um, in addition to the stuff that we do in the broader Maple Valley community and surrounding areas. But I feel like this is, this is kind of our home. This is where we want to start kind of our local mission outreach. Um, and it's kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, it kind of well, just makes not, a lot of sense. It's not accident, right? I mean, God placed us here not. for this purpose, and we don't want to let that opportunity um, get missed. I mean, we're here. I mean, if you think it was an accident that that turned from a middle school to an elementary, <laughs> um, no, God planned that. <laughs> so we want to line up with what he's doing and make sure that we're not missing any opportunities. So. We've been saying this for some time. As a, as a team, we've been saying, I've been saying, we don't want to come up with a plan and say, okay, God bless our plan. We, we want to do your plan, Lord. Mm -hmm. So that's why things that we don't expect when Sue made that announcement, like, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Or, okay, now there's two, two elementary schools. We have Kid Reach, which is an incredible tutoring mm -hmm. program with all the kids across the street. And I think we have between 12 and 15 students mm -hmm. that we, and we need more mentors to mentor. The only limiting of that is how many mentors we have to work with students there. You know, maybe they, they need help in math or reading throughout the school year. What, can you imagine if we could open it up to both schools? That would be amazing. Kids could walk down or we could walk them across the street and would be would be incredible. So with all that going on, and we know not every single thing that we're doing as a church is listed in this plan. And we've, there's something for all ages that we're doing. We're a church of, of many. So you're sitting on the I want to hear what God's put on your heart. Because part of discerning the unique vision for our church is 
what are the unique experiences, talents, gifts, resources that our church has, our people have, and what's the passion? You held it together in the first service. I was really impressed. No tears. I almost I, made you cry, so that was you like were my making favorite. me cry, which is not was not in the plan. So, uh, share with everybody a little bit about how we've gotten to the point of talking about adoption and foster care ministry. What that looks like. Share the story. Yeah, it actually started with Mark, of course, Mark Fisher. So um, he actually went to. Um, we're, thank you. I feel so supported right now from the. <laughs> Um, Mark uh, went to um, an event, and they were talking about the crisis in King County in foster care. And he came back to one of our staff meetings, and, um, of course, Mark's heart, he just, whatever's in it pours out. And so he's in the staff meeting, and he goes, I just heard about this thing, and how come we're not doing anything about it? And then he, like, looks at me, like, dead in the eye, and he's like, you're a social worker. How come we're not having this conversation? And I was like... Uh, nobody asked. And so we just started talking about it in staff and um, dreaming into, you know, what could God be asking us to do or calling us to do? And um, I started doing some research and kind of putting together a plan to do like exploratory to find out really what are the needs and um, in our community and specifically in our area. And then we met with the elders and talked about it and they gave, uh, gave me permission to start um, representing Maple Valley Church at different meetings and with different organizations, just kind of learning about what's already out there and what's going on and what the situation is and if there are places that we could be reaching out to people that are in crisis and supporting them. So, so what, And what did you learn? Yeah. So You're exploratory. You're basically playing with live wires. Like, oh, we're just going to check this out. And it became... Wow, explosive. Why? What? Well, what Seattle Union Gospel Mission um, has an organization called Foster Care Support Alliance, Faith Alliance. And it's basically everybody that has kind of a stake in this. So all different kinds of organizations and some churches. And they have a regional one where everybody meets, or um, sorry, the big one where everybody meets together. And then they have regional ones. And I've been going to those meetings. But my first meeting was like the big one where it's everyone from all the regions meeting together. And they just got up and started, first of all, when I got there, um, they, like, cheered for me at the table, which was, they said, oh, a church has come to sit with us. So um, I was like, what? And so they were just so excited to have a church that wanted to be part of the conversation. And then when they started presenting about the issues um, that were going on, what they highlighted was South King County and um, the issues here and what the biggest crisis is. A Seattle Times actually did a big article about it last November, um, but there's not enough foster placements in South King County. Um, and the foster families that are doing it, they're not getting enough support. And so what's happening is um, kids are being removed from their homes and then um, they're either being sent um, somewhere else, like hours away um, for placement or they're being placed in hotels. And we're talking like three to five kids in a room. So imagine yourself as a small child and you've experienced something traumatic enough that the county is going to remove you from your biological parent parents and then um you don't get placed in your surrounding area where anything's familiar you get driven out to somewhere and sometimes it's not you're getting driven to a hotel and you're just waiting for someone that's going to take you someone that's going to want you and so the rejection that i even sense as an adult if i went through that experience would be terrible I can't imagine being a child and not being able to make sense of that. So, of course, I'm at this meeting, and they're showing all the stats, and they're throwing everything up, and they're saying, we need to brainstorm, we need to fix this, who can get involved? And I'm just sitting there. I came back to Pete's office, and I just, like, sat in his office crying. <laughs> um, so that kind of really 
put you, a fire. No, we're not talking about starting our own agency. No. Like, what what are we talking? What does it look like to support these, this effort? Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely not talking about reinventing the wheel. Um, I've been meeting with lots of organizations. So, at these regional and big meetings, there's tons of different organizations there, and so I've been doing individual meetings and then group meetings, and just kind of learning about easy entry points. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. There's stuff out there that we can partner with. So some great examples are um, our county department, which is in Kent, um, has a great um, thing called um, office mom and dads. And what that is is that when a child's removed, why they wait to find a placement for them, that child hangs out at the office. And so they have a room that has like toys and coloring and things like that. And they need volunteers that are trained that can come sit with that child and color with them or play Legos or do something to keep them busy while they're waiting. And so, um, and that's something that you can get trained for over a weekend. They'll even come out to our church and do the training. And then um, you're on call. So they send a text out. And if you're available, you come in. If you're not, then you don't. That's like a really, like anybody can do that. So that's an easy one. There's other things that um, where Seattle Angels does um, partnering with foster parents so that like once a month um, you bring a care package to a foster family with like, you know, things like socks and toothbrushes. And, and it's more about just supporting them and building that relationship. The gift isn't necessarily what it is. It's coming and sitting with them and um, being with them and encouraging them. So that's something that a, a family could do, an individual could do, a grandparent could do, um, or a small group could do. A small group could adopt a foster family and support them and just love on them. I, when, I, when I've talked to foster parents at times and when I worked in a group home, you know, someone says, okay, I'm going to be a foster parent. Maybe they're very idealistic and they're excited to try it. But then with, if there's not support, okay, they're getting a check to help with this, but they're on their own. So to have a, a, a program or a place or a celebration of what they're doing to encourage them and have a, people understand that they can talk to, it's, it's extending this family concept way beyond our walls, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So in that, and then there's other ways that you can get more involved where we really as a church, we haven't really, what Mark pointed out is that we really haven't even been having this conversation. So um, one of the things is just having the conversation. So maybe a compass point or a waypoint coming up, have an agency come out and explain to you what it takes to be a respite person where you take a foster child while someone's going on vacation or to give them um, a break. Or maybe you want to become a foster parent or maybe God's laid adoption on your heart and that's something that um, you're interested in. We as a church have not been having that conversation. So it's just kind of moving forward with, like, let, we're not going to reinvent the wheel, but what are some ways that we can partner with things in our community? And what are some ways that we could support you guys if God's laying something on your heart? So. Can you share, you didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about the first one, but about those uh, young people that are aging out and turning 18 and what you and, and Cammie and Sean did for them, like what that looks like for older yeah, so um, I was just supposed to um, be learning this last like six to nine months, but of course right, when I see right. when I see something that I could do, <laughs> we do it. And so um, there's a pl place called um, uh, Elaine and Callie's place, and they did a um, 18 celebration for girls um, aging out of the system. So um, you know when we all turned 18, right? It was like, I'm an adult. This is so exciting. Um, when a foster kid turns 18, it's actually really, really scary because that could mean that they're on their own. That could mean that it's mm. there. It's a scary time. So um, Elaine and Callie's Place did a celebration where they brought in um, people for school application, um, trade stuff, um, 
um, how to do job interviews. They had people there that could hire them. They had um, people design uh, who donated clothing for like more business attire. Um, they just people who did styling, haircuts, everything to get these girls ready to either enter into school or enter into the workforce. And so um, we partnered with them. I actually got um, my husband Steve's company to even partner with them and do. Um, job hiring stuff, and then um, what they were looking for is for churches to do an invite um, to invite these girls to their church to join a family, a church family. So they were looking for all the churches in our area um, for South King County. So um, we did one, and of course, Cami Wright, who's amazing. I don't know if she's down here, but um, I asked her to design something for me, and she went above and beyond, and she wrote this amazing note on the back that just said, like, you matter. God loves you. We love you. If you want to come to our church, ask for Sarah Goodale. She will show you around. And so she made it, like, super personal. So that went to um, over 100 girls, um, just encouraging them as they turned 18 and saying that, you know, as a church, we love you, and we would love to have you here. So that's something that we've done because there's there's about 19,000 kids every year that age out of the foster care system, meaning that they're not adopted. They are aging out, so like you and me, we go to college, we have a family to come home to, we have somebody that's helping us fill out applications, that's doing all that stuff for us, and these kids are just aging out. So we're talking about the preschool growing, we're talking about the ministry out to the whole community growing, we haven't even talked about the children's ministry, the youth growing. Where are we going to put all this, all these people, David? Yeah, David Miles, that's where are we going to put them? That's put the question, David? right? What's the plan? So, you know, as, as we've been talking about all this, I've kind of thought about Jesus' ministry and how he, he was very intentional about creating time and, and space for kids to come to him, to invest in those children. And at the end of the day, that's really what we're looking to do. We're trying to create space and environments and opportunities where kids can come and experience Jesus. And so practically speaking, that might very well mean creating more building space. Um, we just went through our gen to gen campaign is something that we're really committed to is paying off the mortgage that we have now before we do any new construction. But we're wrestling with what it might mean to build um, a new children's ministry preschool youth space where we can have more preschool classrooms, where there can be more room for uh, children's ministry small groups and youth small groups to meet um, because there are so many families. The need is so great. They're oftentimes waiting lists for preschool classes. We're looking at before and after school care. The more kids in children's ministry, youth ministry is growing. So how do we create the space for that? So we're looking at at new space for that. We're talking about possibly moving the offices up above the sanctuary. Um, This was built to have a third floor on it. And we're a little concerned about the idea of having Sunday school above Sunday morning. We were going to issue the children. Uh, I had the idea of issuing all the kids special shoes, yeah. like big kiss band stack shoes yeah. that were padding and muzzles so they stay quiet. Yeah. And you I'm, guys didn't yeah, like that no. idea. I mean, no. it was built for rooms up there, but no. how quiet really would that be? Yeah. So, you know, if we're able to move offices above this, we're obviously down here. We're in other places doing ministry right. on Sunday morning. So the noise isn't really a factor on Sunday morning. So if we can move out of our current offices and create more space there and potentially build, you know, kind of a new family ministry, preschool sort of wing, we're able to create more environments, more opportunities for kids to come in and experience and get to know Jesus. And so Stony Stone and I have been having some conversations about that. We've been uh, researching zoning and, and looking at floor plans and kind of sketching some things out. And so 
it's super exciting, but there's a lot of a lot of unknowns that we're still trying to figure you out. You and I came back late last night from the men's uh, retreat that's happening in Cleveland with about 40 men. They're talking about these themes of saying, we need to do this now. We should have done it yesterday. And you have this whole array of men, 18 and older, but different ages, different backgrounds. Some of them just starting to come to our church some long time, but all of them really excited about what we're doing, what we're talking about this morning, which really expands we are family to touching everyone. That includes everyone in the church. But we could do all these things. We could do all these programs. But we're not a social club, right? We're not just a social action. What undergirds all of the, what, What's the foundation for this? I know you're really passionate about You've yet to shed a tear, Sarah. It's not fair. But can you speak to that? As we're, are we out of time already? You've got, you got time. Okay. The game's not till this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is really, really... All kidding aside, this is so important of what's going to drive us forward to this and sacrifice and want to see these things happen. And you you have that passion in your heart and your mind. So where does that come from? Well, it really comes from the doctrine of adoption. And when you said we were going to talk about this, I was trying to think about my heart and how to explain it. But um, I've actually been to lots of finalizations for adoption. So when somebody finalizes and goes to the court... And I literally weep through the whole thing, just crying. And it's not just um, because they've done all this work and finally they're finalizing yes, but because it is this picture of what is talked about in Romans 8 and Galatians 4 and Ephesians 1 of this doctrine of adoption, this adoption to sonship, where it's you have the biological parents who have done the work, they've done the sacrifice, you have the attorney that's the witness that these things have happened, that this has done, and then you have the judge that finalizes that adoption piece, and that's that's exactly what the wording is that you find in the passages of that Jesus has done the work, he's done the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit um, testifies to that as it seals us that we are his children. And then God pronounces us that we are adopted, that we are his children. And in the courtroom, they say that same exact thing. They look at the family and they say to the parents, um, will you um, adopt this child? And if you do, they will be like they're your own biological child and that you will love them just like they were born to you and they will be heirs to everything that you own, with the same rights as every biological child. And that's what the scripture says is about us. So when I go to those things, I see what God did for me. I see Christ's sacrifice and that um, he paid that price so that I could be adopted, so that I could be heirs to God. And the idea that he uses that picture to describe our relationship with him, his heart is an adoption, you guys. His heart is for these kids um, that are in crisis, these people, these kids that are without families, um, Psalm 68 says that he wants to be a father to the fatherless, that he puts the lonely in families. And we are that church family. I just, we've talked about this a lot, but our church is a family. When I describe this church to other people, I say, we are a family and we will love you because that's who we are, right? If somebody's gone, what do we do? We call them. We call them. We say, where are you at? Come back. So we, we just, we love on people. And so we, I just feel like we are such a unique church that, um, and we have so much to offer just with the way our, we're, we're such a small group based, um, church where we already kind of function that way, that it would be really, really easy for us to be able to, um, 
interact with families in crisis, just like we do with Passage Point or Vine Maple Place. It's just another way to help our community. We're supported by our, our congregation. We're here. You know, our, our salaries are... This is a worthwhile cause. This is beyond... Mm -hmm. This is talking about things that go into eternity and kingdom investment. And it's worth giving our time, our, our shed tears, and blood if it takes it to make a difference in, in a young person. They may not even see it or know it. We just put a seed out there, but we're doing God's work. We're doing God's work. At the men's retreat, yeah. and you mentioned this first service, one of the, the things that was kind of emphasized is kind of putting a stake in the ground. Like, this is, this is something that I'm going to commit to. This is something that I'm going to pursue. And as a church family, one of the things that I think we all have to kind of wrestle with and evaluate is, am I willing to put a stake in the ground? Am I willing to really invest to, to give as much as I can to receive as much as others want to give and share with me? And so as, as we continue to move forward, I guess my encouragement as, as we continue to talk with the congregation, wherever they are, um, <laughs> is, that, wall. Yeah, is that we're all willing to, to put that stake in the ground. We're all willing to make that commitment. We're all willing to engage in community. We're all willing to serve others. We're willing to give generously and sacrificially. We're willing to take risk, you know, whether you're young or you're old, no matter how long you've been a part of this church, um, that we would all say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm ready to move forward as a part of this family because God is calling us to some really incredible and exciting things. Amen. 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 I love all three of you. I love everyone out here. God bless you. <laughs> Where's our team? Are they going to come out? They're, they come from, look, they disappear. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we pray that this vision that you've put on, on our, our elders' uh, hearts and minds and our core staff, Lord, and, and everyone on our team and our preschool team, we pray, Lord, that it is your vision. We ask for your Holy Spirit to guide us, that we would, we would be witnesses, Lord, to what you're going to do. Uh, and we're going to be witnesses. That courtroom scene that Sarah described, we will see that here in this place. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity to see this vision become a reality. We pray in Jesus' name and all God's children said, amen. Amen. <laughs>